அலமதுல்லாஹிஃபாஸ்லாத்து أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected Allah my kiram Brothers and elders Every insan is on a journey We are on a journey to the akhirat It's a very lengthy journey This phase of dunya is a very short phase of it. There's the part in the Qabr and then there's the day of Qiyamad and that is going to be the deciding time and then Allah Ta'ala take us directly to our destination of Jannat. So this journey that a person has to pass through Like any other journey, this journey also requires its provisions. This journey requires that the person has sufficient energy to cross it through the path. Those who understood this, they were very concerned about this journey, that they must pass through safely. Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, it is reported about him, that at night after the darkness had set in and the stars had now been had come out shining so it's late in the night now and in the quiet of the night in the darkness of the night the person that is relating he says I saw him and he is holding on to his beard person in very deep concern, worry that's a person who now will be found in that kind of condition and he is now talking to dunya that ilayya ta'arradti ilayya ta'shawwafti you are trying to come in my way you are raising your gaze towards me you are trying to attract me and then he is addressing dunya and saying to dunya that I have divorced you please I will never ever take you back as well قَدْ بَتَّتُّ كِي سَلَاقِ I have given you three سَلَاقِ I am never going to meaning I am not going to give you space in my heart and the haram and the glitter and glamour of dunya that takes a person towards jahannam distracting from Allah Ta'ala I am not going to give any such thing space in my life and then further now in this grief he is tears would be rolling down his cheeks and he'll be saying ah ah min qillati zaad wa bu'di safar wa wahshati tariq expressing this great concern ah I have so little provisions but the journey is so long and the road is also so full of frightening and fearful things now those who understood what this journey is all about and that it's not just a play it's not just a game this dunya appears to be just a passing time 
But when the person's eyes close, he realizes that now it's too late to do anything. But dunya wasn't just a place to pass time. Rather, dunya was a place to make the akhirat. Hazrat Hassan Basri rahmatullah alayhi, Sayyidu Tabi'een, among the greatest of the Tabi'een, he used to say, Al-Mubadara, Al-Mubadara, he so exhort the people that hasten, hasten towards the amal. Because this time, he says, your, your breaths are what you have. And as soon as your breaths are going to be over, as soon as those breaths have been taken, then as soon as those breaths are taken, all your amal are now terminated. When that last breath has been taken, your amal is over. There's no chance of saying one subhanallah now. And thereafter he would further explain various things. And he would say that you are going to be in the comfort or in the company of whatever you've sent forward in your qabr. When you get to your qabr, you are going to be in the company of whatever you've sent forward. In khayran fa khayrun. Wa in sharran fa sharrun. If you send good, you'll be in the company of the end result of that good you sent. Then the Ni'mats of Jannat will already start opening out to you in your cover. And you will enjoy the cool breeze of Jannat. The window of Jannat will be opened out. That cover will expand to the extent of a person's sight. And the cover itself will address him. That among the people that walked on me, you were the most beloved to me. Now that you have been set inside me, you will see how I treat you. And the cover will then expand for him. Life Life is a very, very temporary thing and every person, no person can escape death. So death is inevitable and death will only come at its appointed time. Death cannot come one second before, neither can it be delayed by one second later. A person can be as fit as he may be. The fittest person, his fitness will not delay death by one second. And a person can be as ill as he can be, his illness will not bring death forward one second. Death will come at his appointed time. Neither can it be moved one second forward or one second back. That will not move for one moment. So the thing is not really to be overwhelmed by the fact that we are one day going to pass away. Because that's an inevitable thing. That's going to happen. Nobody's going to escape it. Person may not pass away today, then tomorrow is still coming. And if not tomorrow, the day after is there. But nobody will be able to escape death. So the more important thing is to prepare for after death. Because that is then the eternal life commences. So in any case, this is insan, this is his life, this is his journey. And for this journey, he needs this provision. Ali radiallahu ta'ala these were people who had already gathered tremendous provision. But to the extent of the marifat of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, to the extent that a person has recognized Allah ta'ala, to that extent his concern grows. His fear also gets greater. That I don't know how I have, what I have done, and will it be accepted, or will it be rejected? As a result, he starts doing even more. And a person who is weak in his marifat, in his recognition of Allah Ta'ala, in his recognition of the reality of Akhirat, then he is very, very complacent. Everything will happen, don't worry. Then despite not having done even the basics sometimes, the fundamentals, 
But he is quite relaxed and feel that life will carry on. Why should I bother? So Ali radiallahu ta'ala is concerned, I need provisions. I've got very little, I've got hardly anything. And the journey is so long. And there's so many things on the way which are very, very dangerous. The way of dunya, every temptation is a severe danger. And at every corner shaitan is lurking, every corner nafs is trying to drop a person. These are all the dangers of the road. Dunya is trying to drag a person towards his glitter and glamour. So now a person has to go through this whole journey. So Allah wa ta'ala out of his grace, out of his mercy, has provided us with so many opportunities to keep rejuvenating this iman, to boost these spiritual energies that we require, that will keep us safe on the road, that will keep us focused towards our destination. So obviously every amal of deen, this is part of this energy. The faraiz, wajibat, sunnat muakkada all this goes without saying that this is essential. Not having this in place, then it's the very, the very vehicle has broken down. But together with that, Allah Ta'ala has given us opportunities to keep enhancing this ruhaniyat, the spiritual energy within us, which inshallah with the barakat of that, a person will stay focused towards his destination and keep on the road. So now every week comes Jumu'ah, which is a very great thing in the life of a mu'min. But because it comes every week, it's for granted. And hardly any importance is given to Jumu'ah apart from attending the Jumu'ah Salah. Apart from a person presenting himself in the Masjid for Jumu'ah Salah, that too often happens in the 11th hour, though Jumu'ah is at sometimes past 12 o'clock, but it happens past the 11th hour. person comes sometimes and the khutbah has already started too. So there's hardly any importance given to such a great occasion in the life of a mu'min. Jumu'ah is a very great occasion. Nevertheless, that's a topic on its own. But every week this Jumu'ah comes to boost this insan's soul and spirit. Then together with that, throughout the year, Allah Ta'ala has kept certain, we may call it seasons. That this mu'min, this banda of Allah Ta'ala, he wants to come closer to Allah Ta'ala. He wants to gain this nearness and qurb of Allah Ta'ala. He wants to gain this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. So now, dunya is dunya. There's ups and downs. So sometimes he needs this extra boost. So the month of Ramadan comes. Now the month of Ramadan is there to give him that spiritual energy to boost that taqwa, to train him for taqwa to train him with the consciousness of Allah Taala, so that this will now carry him and this will keep him on track and this will keep him focused to his destination he doesn't get distracted by dunya his focus is akhirat his focus is to get to jannah safely so mashallah the whole month of Ramadan comes person is fasting during the day at night there's so many amal tarawih salah person is making tilawat of the Quran Sharif but unfortunately, insan being insan, the month of Ramadan barely passes and for a few days, for a week or two weeks, one month, the person is still somehow in the momentum of Ramadan. But then very quickly that too starts fizzling out from many people's lives. And all those amal that a person was so punctual with in Ramadan, that is those who were making amal in Ramadan. But that too very quickly starts fizzling out. But then Allah Ta'ala's grace is such 
Allah Ta'ala gives further opportunities. These are all opportunities Allah Ta'ala is presenting. This is the very special grace of Allah Ta'ala. That my bandhas, my servants want to get closer to me. So Allah Ta'ala blesses this insan with opportunities. That here, take it. Latch on to this. Grab this opportunity with both hands. But this is the very sad thing and the tragedy of the whole thing is that despite such great opportunities, but we let it pass. We don't take advantage of it. We don't have that mindset beforehand that this is a very, very great occasion coming up and I need to do the best to take the maximum out of it. So like other occasions, one very, very great occasion, and according to some muhaddithin, mufassirin, these are the most virtuous days in the year. The occasion that comes is the first 10 days of Zulhijjah. Throughout this period, these are very, very Mubarak nights and days, very virtuous days. These are the days of Hajj, from the time that the month of Ramadan finishes off and the moon of Shawwal is sighted, the first of Shawwal, Eid commences. It's already the days of Hajj. So now the mu'min, his whole heart and mind is focused towards Hajj. Whether he is going for Hajj or not going for Hajj, this is a mu'min. That his heart is always focused towards ibadat. So when such a great ibadat will be taking place, the pillar of Islam will be happening, no matter who might be there, no matter whether he will had gone previously or not, whether he will go in 10 years time or 20 years time, but his heart is attached there. So a mu'min, this is his heart. Long before Ramadan, he is already making dua for Ramadan. Allahumma barik lana fi rajabi wa sha'aban. Two months before Ramadan, his heart is attached to Ramadan. Hajj comes, a person right from the beginning of the days of Hajj, this is in his mind and heart. Hajj is coming. Whether he is going or not is a different matter. So this is that time of the year when these are the Mubarak days and nights passing, but then comes the first ten days of Dhul Hijjah itself. Which is now again Allah Ta'ala blesses with a tremendous opportunity for his bandhas to take this time, make this time very valuable for themselves, latch onto it and make it a time to connect to Allah Ta'ala. So there are many many great things that happen in these first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. One is that this is a very virtuous time, the rewards of the amal performed in this time are tremendously multiplied. Some of the ahadis will discuss this now. Then together with that, the starting point actually is that to highlight how important these ten nights are, Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam upon it in the Quran Sharif. Wal-fajr wal-ayalin ashr. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam by the ten nights. Allah Ta'ala doesn't need to take a qasam to convince somebody of anything. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam to highlight the importance of things. Abdullah bin Abbas and many other Mufassireen, Imam Mujahid rahimahullah, many others they say this walayalim ashri refers to the first ten nights of Zul Hijjah Allah Ta'ala is taking a qasam upon it so what is the greatness of this that Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam upon it then it is in these in during the cause of these ten days and nights that comes the ninth of Zul Hijjah the day of Arafah which is among the greatest days that comes in the year, they are the greatest number of souls freed from Jahannam 
it happens on the day of Arafah. And then it is in this time, from the 8th of Zul Hijjah, that the Amal of Hajj commences, which is the peak of the Amal. Once in a lifetime, it becomes first upon a person who has the means. So now, he's building up his Salah, then once in a year comes Ramadan, and then his Zakat, and this comes to the top of it, now once in a lifetime, Hajj. That happens in this time. And then in these days is the day of Eid al-Adha, which is also a very great occasion. And then in it is the Amal of Qurbani. So there's so much that is packed in the short time. So this is a very, very momentous time. Unfortunately, as many other things get taken for granted, and especially because Qurbani in particular is something that happens once a year, and it's a very exciting thing, the whole thing becomes an excitement only. And the ibadat part of it somehow, somehow just gets forgotten. Whereas that too is part of ibadat. That excitement that comes and that happiness that comes, that is Allah Ta'ala's ni'mad. Allah Ta'ala blesses His bandhas with some happiness. But it's all ibadat. And this ibadat, the special part of this ibadat starts off from the first of Zul Hijjah. So there's so much in this. The starting point is to have this focus and the heart, mind and the heart focus in this direction. That this is a very great time coming up. So like a person prepares for other things, it requires at least some mental preparation. It requires some thinking that how I'm going to try and maximize the benefit of the time. It's not just some routine, some ritual, a person got past it, done. No, it's an opportunity to connect with Allah Ta'ala. This is the purpose that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us this with. And it is an opportunity to gather this provision for this journey of Akhirat. So when the first of Zul Hijjah comes, one is the virtues of these Mubarak days. In one Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah Sallallahu says that there is no action more beloved to Allah Ta'ala performed in any time like the actions performed in these 10 days. So the action performed in any other time of the year cannot compare in reward to the action performed in these 10 days. The Sahaba were astounded at this. Now, we have heard this many, many times, but it doesn't impact upon us like it is impacted upon the Sahaba Ikram. The difference is that they were extremely thirsty for every amal. When they would hear something once, they would hear the virtue of it, then that would be it. They would latch on to it. One hadith sharif of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hazrat Umm Habiba radiallahu ta'ala heard from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the person who makes 12 rakats, this is refers to the sunnat mu'akkada, which we term as the sunnat mu'akkada, the two sunnats of Fajr, the four sunnats before Zuhar, two after Zuhar, the Two sunnats after Maghrib, two after Isha. These are the sunnat mu'akkada. Apart from this is the ghair mu'akkada which also should be performed. So now the sunnat mu'akkada, Nabi Islam said the person performs his 12 rakats in the day, Allah Ta'ala will build for him a palace in Jannat. So Umm Habiba radiallahu ta'ala anha, she heard this from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When she used to narrate this hadith sharif, she used to say that مَا تَرَكْتُهُنَّ مُنْذُ سَمِعْتُهُنَّ مِنَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أو كما قالت 
that from the day, from the time and moment I heard this from Rasulullah to this day, whenever she was relating it, I haven't missed it once. Then from her, the person who would narrate this Hadith Sharif in the Riwayat of Muslim Sharif, Ambasa bin Abi Sufyan, whenever he would narrate this Hadith Sharif, he would then say, from the day I heard this from Umm Habiba radiallahu ta'ala anha, to this day I have never missed this once. And then from him, Amr ibn Aus, rahimahullah, he would narrate this Hadith Sharif. Whenever he narrated this Hadith, sometimes years and years later, he would say, from the day, from that moment I heard this from Ambasa bin Abi Sufyan, I never missed this out once. One day hasn't passed where I missed performing this twelve rakats. And then the person that narrates it from him, Nu'man bin Salim, whenever he would narrate this Hadith Sharif, years later also, he would say, from that day that I heard it from Amr ibn Aus, not one day has passed that I missed it out. This was their thirst for Amal. They heard the virtue once, and their whole life carried on on it, on that Amal. So, as a result, the Sahaba, this impacted deeply on them, subhanallah. They knew the virtues of Amal. And among the Amal that they knew the greatest virtue of, was Jihad in the path of Allah Ta'ala. So when they heard this, they immediately asked, Walal jihadu fi sabilillah? Not even jihad in other times can equate to the reward of amal in these ten days. Nabi Islam replied and said, Walal jihadu fi sabilillah? Not even jihad at other times. At other times also it's a very great thing. But that cannot equate to the reward of any amal performed in these ten days. Illa rajulun kharaja bi nafsihi wa malihi falam yarji' minha bi shay'in except the person went with his life, went with every bit of his possessions, out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, neither did one cent of it come back, neither did he come back also. His life also went in the path of Allah Ta'ala. His reward can equate it. Other than that, nobody can equate it. So subhanallah, can we imagine what is the reward of these 10 days? Every amal, once subhanallah a person decides, one Alhamdulillah he recites, one two rakats of Nafil Salah he performs, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif that he makes. In one Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says that the fast of each day of these ten days, obviously the ten, it excludes the tenth, but now referring to the virtues of the ten days, so the fast of these first nine days basically, each fast equates to the reward of fasting for one year. Now a person fasted one day, he got the reward of one year. And if he fasted for all nine days, he got the reward of nine years of fasting. And supposing he lived and he continued with this for ten years in his life, the reward of ninety years of fasting. It's nafil, it's not farz, wajib, but something to take this benefit as much as a person can. Somebody cannot fast every day, he'll fast every other day, some of the days at least. So every day's fast is equivalent to the fast of one year. This fasting has a very very deep connection with building of ruhaniyat. To build up a person's spiritual self. As a result the month of Ramadan was made first for this. And Nabi Islam throughout the year, his year used to be filled with the fast of Nafil. Every week, Mondays and Thursdays was his mamul. And apart from that the Ayyama bees, the 13th, 14th and 15th of the lunar month, and together with that, sometimes it would be, even a Friday would be very often, he would keep a fast. And every now and again, Nabi Islam would be fasting. 
This is a very, very close relationship with fasting and ruhaniyat. Now this whole purpose of insani is to connect himself to his Rabb. So now comes these special days where that fast has been given such special virtue. And then the night, the ibadat of every night, ta'adilu qiyam laylatul qadr. Every night of ibadat equates the ibadat of laylatul qadr, riwayat of Tirmizi Sharif. Every day's fast equal to one, fa- one year's fast. And every night's ibadat equivalent to the ibadat of laylatul qadr. Now in the month of Ramadan, the last ten nights, Laylatul Qadr, a person has to search for it and subhanallah, a person gets it greater than a thousand months of ibadat. Here every night the equivalent reward of Laylatul Qadr. So this is the great blessing of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala is showering this mercy upon his bandhas and servants that here this is being dished out, take it. What a tragedy it would be if we don't take anything. Now the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr, subhanallah, now this doesn't necessarily mean that if a person did not make ibadat the entire night from beginning to end then he cannot get any benefit of it. Somebody can make ibadat for a few hours, very good. Somebody can make ibadat for one hour, that too very good. Somebody for half an hour, that too excellent, mashallah. Especially in the current season, being long nights, person goes to sleep, makes some ibadat, goes to sleep and wake up in the last part of the morning, then too he's had a full night's sleep. And he wakes up in the time of tahajjud and turns to Allah wa ta'ala, which is the most effective du'as at the time of tahajjud, then the du'as on such Mubarak nights. And how much is the ummah also in need of du'as at this time? We ourselves in so much of need of these du'as, and the whole ummah is in need of these du'as. So now at this time of the night, a person in these Mubarak nights manages to now wake up a little bit earlier, make some Nafil Salah, Tahajjud Salah, and then turn to Allah Ta'ala in Dua, then too he gets the reward of Laylatul Qadr for that amount of Ibadat. Then comes the ninth of Zul Hijjah. So this is all the nine days fasting and all ten nights the Ibadat. Then comes the ninth of Zul Hijjah, which is the day of Arafah. The day of Arafah, one is for the Haji himself, obviously this is the peak of his Hajj. Al-Hajj Arafah. Hajj, Arafah itself is Hajj. Meaning this is the real essence of Hajj, Arafah. The presence in Arafah. If this didn't happen, then there's no Hajj at all. If some other things got missed out, there'll be still some way to compensate for much of it. But if the person was even in Arafah, there's nothing, there's no Hajj. So this is the peak for the Haji. But even the person who's not in Hajj, for him also he hasn't been left out of the reward. The fasting on the day of Arafah for the person who is not on Hajj. Now this is his reward for fasting. That it compensates for the sins of two years. The year that has passed and the forthcoming year. The minor sins Allah Ta'ala forgives with the barakat of this fast of this one day of the year. Now this is our need. We desperately are in need of all this. Because we are so weak and so full of mistakes and faults and person is trying one day and falling one day and slipping somewhere. So this, with the barakat of this, inshallah, he'll progress, he'll move forward in his deen, in his connection with Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala is blessing us with all these opportunities. This is Allah ta'ala's special rahmat. So now this ninth of Zul Hijjah, the day of Arafah. 
Then comes the night of the 10th of Zul Hijjah, the night before Eid. So the night before Eid, this too is a very great and auspicious occasion. These two nights that come in the year, the night of Eid al-Fitr and the night of Eid al-Adha. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa in one hadith sharif is reported to have said that the person who keeps the nights of Eid alive, man ahya laylatayil eidain, lam yamut qalbuhu yawma tamutul qulub. The person who keeps the nights of Eid alive, what does this mean keeping it alive? So obviously the person is all, everybody is fast asleep, so the night is dead also. The night being alive is the person being alive. The night is a night, the night will pass. Because the person gone to sleep is a no mohtul mouth, he's like dead. So now he is staying awake for some portion of the night in Ibadat. Unfortunately, here also, because of the excitement of Eid, people get so caught up in the excitement, they forget about the Ibadat. They forget the excitement and the happiness is because of its Ibadat. Allah Ta'ala has made this such that barely the moon of Eid is sighted or now it is the 10th of Zul Hijjah has come in, the Maghrib time has set in, it just creates a, a spirit and an atmosphere of happiness, of excitement, of joy. This is Allah Ta'ala's ni'mad. Allah Ta'ala creates this happiness. Otherwise a person can have all the asbab of happiness and he can be steeped in misery. All the means of happiness can be at his beck and call, but his heart is totally deep down in turmoil and in misery and in grief and in all kinds of emotions and there's no name of any happiness despite a person being in the lap of every luxury and comfort so Allah Ta'ala provides this Allah Ta'ala blesses this so the very important thing is that on the occasions of happiness to make the giver of the happiness happy to please the giver of the happiness Allah Ta'ala is blessed with these occasions of Eid. Allah Ta'ala is blessed with this happiness. So to please Him, unfortunately, in many a happy occasion, a nikah is a happy occasion. So now who gives that happiness? That happiness that comes because of now this bond taking place. Allah Ta'ala is blessed with that happiness. Allah Ta'ala is blessed with that happy moment. So now because it's such a happy moment, people want to make everybody happy. They make everyone happy. They make even the strangers happy. But often we forget to make Allah Ta'ala happy. We break the commands of Allah Ta'ala, trample his, the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we forget to make the giver of the happiness happy. So in any case, this 10th of Zul Hijjah, the night, the night of Eid, this is a very great ibadat, a time of ibadat. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, the person who keeps the night of Eid alive, his heart will not die on the day when hearts will die. One meaning of this is, when hearts will be engulfed by fitna in dunya that is the death of the heart the death of the heart is it becomes embroiled and engulfed in fitna whatever the nature of the fitna is and in these times that we are living in and in the circumstances that are around us this fitna is surrounding us at every juncture and Allah protect us now this is an opportunity to gain this protection from this fitna that a person spends his night of Eid in Ibadat again he can't spend the whole night can't spend half the night he can spend quarter the night mashallah excellent one third of the night 
at least sometime of that night, sometime at the last part of the night. So this is again a very great ibadat, a very great time of ibadat. Then comes the 10th of Zul Hijjah. The 10th of Zul Hijjah, this is the day of Eid. The day of Eid Al-Adha. One is in these days as mentioned, that these are the days of Hajj. And a mu'min, a mu'min his heart is connected to all these ibadats. Even Shariat, Allah Ta'ala has made it such that we should be connected. A person performing Qurbani in South Africa, he's far away from the place of Hajj. Person performing it in any part of the world. But among the things that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught, that the person performing Qurbani, then from the time the moon of Zul Hijjah is seen, from the time the month of Zul Hijjah sets in, then the person should refrain from, refrain from clipping his nails and refrain from clipping his nails, clipping any hair. Now this refraining from clipping nails, clipping hair, this is something that the Hadi is refraining from. The Hujjaj, once a person has put on his ihram, now in the state of ihram, neither can he clip any hair, clip his fingernails. This person in some other corner of the world, he is now being made to resemble the Hujjaj in some way. And in this resemblance of the Hujjaj, he is constantly being reminded of them, reminded of Hajj. Because this is such a great Amal. This is this Ibad, this means heart. All the time Deen is such that this heart is being made to remember all the various Amal. So now this person is in some far corner of the world, but now he is making Qurbani, so now the Mustahab Amal of refraining from clipping nails, clipping hair, etc. It's Mustahab, you should try to do it, comply with it. But now this is making him resemble the Hujjaj. So then comes the 10th of Zul Hijjah, the day of Qurbani. This too is a very, very great Amal. Very great Amal, Nabi Wasallam. every year from the time he came to Madinah Munawara, every year he would perform Qurbani. And multiple Qurbanis. This Qurbani, we are familiar with the many, many virtues of Qurbani. In one hadith sharif, Rasulullah says that on the day of Eid al-Adha, there is no amal that is more beloved to Allah wa ta'ala min ihraqid dam. A person can do any other amal, mashallah, he'll get rewarded for it. All the amal are very great in their place. But on the day of Eid al-Adha, the greatest reward and the amal that is most beloved to Allah wa ta'ala is the amal of slaughtering the animals of Qurbani. Ihraqid dam. Can we imagine how great this is? Tilawat of the Quran Sharif, subhanallah, a person should take the maximum benefit of that. Tahajjud salah, all the other amal, but the top of the list from the day of Eid al is Qurbani. Then in one hadith Sharif, Nabi Wasallam says that this Qurbani animal, it will come on the day of Qiyamah, it will come with its horns, biquruniha, it will come with the hooves, it will come with the hair, and all this will be weighed on the scales of good deeds of the person. So now which, does it mean only the horns and the hooves will come? Generally, these are the items that get discarded. So now if a person is selling it too, this doesn't get weighed, this gets discarded. So even that which gets discarded in dunya, but that was part of this Qurbani animal, this too will come to get weighed. So what can be spoken about that meat itself? 
that to a greater extent will be there first. And it doesn't mean that it's going to come to get weighed on the day of good day, uh, on the day of Qiyamah. So if it was weighing 20 kilos in dunya, it'll weigh 20 kilos on the day scale of good deeds. No, no, the weight on the day of Qiyamah is not in terms of the kilos of and grams of dunya. That weight is on the basis of a person's ikhlas. What heart he performed that qurbani with. Therefore, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, فَطِيبُ بِهَا نَفْسَى This is going to come to get weighed. And the weight on it is going to be what kind of heart you did it with. Therefore, فَطِيبُ بِهَا نَفْسَى Perform this qurbani wholeheartedly. Don't feel it a burden. This is a time to spend. This is a time to spend with a happy heart. To spend wholeheartedly. Because to the extent of that sincerity and the extent with that wholeheartedness that which it was done, that is what will make it weighty. And then the 20 kilo animal, Allah knows best what it might weigh on the day of Qiyamah. And how heavy it will be on the scales of good deeds. And Allah forbid a person can slaughter the biggest animal in dunya for qurbani, weighing several tons if it's possible to find one like that. But if it was done just to make a big name and fame of it, just to show off about it, just to make one big hoo-ha about it, then it might not even weigh half a gram on the day of Qiyamah. Because it is all what's in the heart. That is what's going to determine the weight on the day of Qiyamah. So Qurbani is a very great ibadat. Nabi Wasallam performed it with such great zeal. The Sahaba performed it with such great zeal. This is that amal of Qurbani on the occasion that Nabi Wasallam performed his Hajjatul Wada. So the Qurbani that he performed was of 100 camels. 100 camels Nabi Islam started for Qurbani. 63 of it he started with his own Mubarak hand. Now this was the zeal of Qurbani. So now a person Qurbani, one is obviously his wajib Qurbani, the various details of upon whom Qurbani is wajib, etc. We will get this detail from the ulama Ikram, time has already expired. So Qurbani is wajib on someone, then he should make their Qurbani. And as far as possible, do the person's wajib qurbani with his own hand, in his own home, is possible, wherever he does it. His wajib qurbani he should do personally, as far as possible. Over and above that, Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq as many nafil qurbani that a person can perform. And with the niyat of that this is such a great ibadat, together with that, that he makes the niyat of this qurbani on behalf of various of those who have become the means of us even having the tawfiq of qurbani. From the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah ta'ala gives tawfiq, somebody makes qurbani on behalf of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam slaughtered two sheep, he said one, one is on behalf of my ummah. He thought of his ummah. It's time for us to remember Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah ta'ala gives tawfiq, one sheep on behalf of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, nafil qurbani. The sahaba ikram, there were many great personalities some year, they will make some nafil qurbani on behalf of some sahaba. For example, the Khulafai Arba, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Ali. Some year, now it will be Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala After all, he also got dragged on the sands, saying, Ahad, Ahad, so that deen could beat us someday. Sometimes, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala Sometimes somebody, sometimes they're making qurbani on behalf of the Aymai Mujtahideen, sometimes the Muhaddithin, sometimes the Mujahideen, sometimes the Mufassireen, various personalities in particular, then those who are closest to one in terms of receiving dini benefit. Sometimes somebody's parents are deceased, the time to make khidmat of them. 
to make qurbani on their behalf. What a great gift to give them. Somebody's parents are alive, they can make qurbani on their behalf too. Our asatiza, our mashayikh. So Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq, a person has the ability to make multiple qurbani, he can make these niyats as well. Then, in this aspect of qurbani, the niyat also that this, for example, there's a dire need somewhere. People are starving, people are without, and many places people don't see meat the whole year round. The only time they see meat is when some qurbani animal has been slaughtered and that has been now shared with them. So now there's some place of that nature. So now a person makes the niyat that this nafil qurbani on behalf of whoever is making it, added to that, that this will become a means of feeding somebody in such a place where they don't even have any food to eat. So now that will be an added reward, added benefit. So there's so much to gain out of it. And all this will be on the scales of good deeds of a person on the day of Qiyamah. So this qurbani to be done wholeheartedly. Then this day of Eid, just to finish off on one more hadith sharif, Rasulullah sallallahu in one hadith which is reported at Targheed, Nabi sallallahu says there is no amal more beloved to Allah ta'ala on the day of Eid al-Adha than the causing of the blood of the animals to flow min ihraq al-dam which we already discussed in the various in the hadith before but then this particular hadith has one exception now already we have understood that all the amal all the amal so great they are mashallah and everything has its very great position. But on the day of Eid al-Adha, Qurbani takes precedence over everything. Now in this Hadith Sharif, there is one exception. This is the most beloved Amal to Allah Taala, the slaughtering of the Qurbani animal, but one exception. إِلَّا يَكُونَ سِلَةً تُوسَلْ Nabi Islam says, except the person who is going to join family ties, that is even more beloved to Allah Ta'ala. Can we imagine that what once a year, Qurbani, the Amal of Qurbani comes, the day of Eid al-Adha and the two days thereafter, so this comes once a year, and this is such a great ibadat that on that day, on the day of Eid al-Adha and the days of Qurbani, nothing can compare to the greatness of this Amal in the court of Allah Ta'ala and how beloved this is to Allah Ta'ala. But yet in this one Hadith Sharif, there is this exception. That this Amal is even greater. The Amal of joining family ties. إِلَّا يَكُونَ سِلَةً تُوسَلْ إِلَّا يَكُونَ الْعَمَلُ سِلَةً تُوسَلْ The person who is going ahead to maintain family ties. Join up relationships that have broken whatever the reason might have been. Because that sometimes becomes an even bigger Qurbani. Qurbani of the ego. Qurbani of a lot of emotions inside. Qurbani of a person that now he'll have to probably humble himself. But that's what Allah Ta'ala loves. Allah Ta'ala loves the one who humbles himself. And that is the Qurbani that happens inside a person. So on this occasion, while mashallah, a person is taking the great rewards of Qurbani, the great rewards of the ibadat of the first 10 days of Zul-Hijjah, and all the other great things that have been discussed, but this too is such a great thing and this is emphasized in the ayat of the Quran Sharif in the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Man ahabba yubsata lahu fi rizqi wa yunsa'a lahu fi athari falyasil rahima The person who wants barakat in his life, barakat in his wealth Nabi Islam says, tell him he must maintain family relationships 
joint family ties. This is the prescription for barakat in his life, barakat in his wealth. This is the prescription. And in the lives of our Kabir, we see how, how they live this. Hazrat Shaykh al-Hadith Ma'a Zakariya Sahib Rahmatullahi he mentions one incident of his, we'll finish off on this inshallah, that he used to come from Saharanpur to his hometown, Khanla, once a year, and when he came once, there was some, some problem. So half the town was, a whole town is one family, but half the town, so to say, is now on one end and the other is on another end. Some problem happened between families. So now this person is not talking to that person, whatever the issues might be. So his normal practice would be whenever he would come, he would go to visit everyone. So now when he came on this occasion, he heard about this. He said, whatever the issue is, I will go visit everybody. But now he automatically belonged to one half of the family. So by default, he became guilty also. This is how, unfortunately, we, if somebody, he is related to somebody who is related to somebody who we have a problem with, then by default, he is also a problem. Doesn't matter, he doesn't even know what's a problem. So, now he's going to visit the houses, visit the people, so now he knocks on some door, person opens it, he sees him, so now he belongs to the other half of the family, so he shuts the door in his face. Somebody makes some comments, somebody says some harsh words to him, but every place is still going. Now some other family member who accompanied him is observing all this. Any case, this whole round finished off, and he left and went away. One year later he came back, this problem still wasn't solved. This problem wasn't solved. He said, I will do what I have to do. I will go visit everybody. He started going to visit again everyone. Again the same treatment he got the previous year. Somebody slamming the door in his face. Somebody saying some harsh and hurtful words. Somebody doing something. So the person who accompanied him the previous year is with him again. And he's observing it. And he's asking, you got no shame. You got no shame. The treatment they gave you last year, you came back for this treatment again this year. So he responded and said, they are doing what they want to do, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. What I'm supposed to do is to maintain the family ties, to build the relationships. Now somebody is swearing him, somebody is slamming the door in his face, and he's going from door to door to get this treatment. So he didn't have any sense of shame in him. No, no, he knew better. He knew far better. He had the real essence of what was in the Quran and Sharif and the Ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he said, they do what they want to do, that's their issue, but I'll do what I'm supposed to be doing. What I'm supposed to be doing is to maintain these relationships. And that is why this is such a great Qurbani, that on the day of Qurbani, it's greater than Qurbani. So now, one whole year, now again this whole round finished off, but then he explains that it was a short while later, these very people who were slamming the door in his face, and who were saying all these hurtful words, but because he did the right thing, Allah Ta'ala turned their hearts is they became among his closest murids after that. But the point is that this is something highlighted. Highlighted on the day of Qurbani. The Qurbani of our emotions. The Qurbani of our ego. The Qurbani of all these inner things. That we go ahead and join family ties. There's some problem somewhere, something for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Is there some right a person is entitled to? By all means, he's entitled to claim this right. But the relationship, that's a different matter. The relationship doesn't have to be broken because of some right that a person is entitled to. He's entitled to the right. He's entitled to claim it. So this is a very, very great time that is approaching us, barely some days away now. We should already be focusing our hearts and minds that we will try to do the best we can 
fast at least some days, if not all the days, at least the 9th of Zul Hijjah, the day of Arafah, we try to fast on that day, you will get the reward of one year's fast also, plus it will compensate for the fast of the previous and the forthcoming year, and together with that, the night of Eid, then the Amal of Qurbani, we start focusing on all this, and in the days of, the 10 days of Zul Hijjah, also Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, these are days where Allah Ta'ala loves the A'mal performed more than any other time, so excessively recite takbir, excessively recite tasbih, subhanallah, tahleel, la ilaha illallah, and tahmeed, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. These are the things to recite excessively. This is what has been taught to us in the Hadith Sharif. This is apart from the takbirat tashriq, which are recited after the salah in the days of tashriq. This is apart from that, throughout these 10 days of Zul Hijjah, we should be excessively reciting these tasbihat and this takbir, and engaging ourselves as much as we can in ibadat. In this way we try to connect ourselves to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala bless us all with the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi sana'an alayk anta kama asnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun. وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف المعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله